You are listening to the Uncanceled Podcast. We believe that Jesus came to set you free and nothing can cancel the truth of God's word. Now here's your host, the youth pastor of Impact Youth at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut, Pastor Joey Santora. What's going on, Uncanceled Podcast? Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And thank you for those of you that are watching on our YouTube channel, Impact Youth. Make sure to like this video, subscribe to us so that you don't miss any of our new content. But if you're watching on YouTube, you can actually see that we have some guests here on the Uncanceled Podcast today. I have Evangelist Wesley Agre. Uh, he's here from Fitchburg, Massachusetts. Uh, he's one of my very dear friends I went to Bible college with. And if you have spent any period of time at Impact Youth, you obviously know who Evangelist Wesley is. Uh, Wesley, go ahead and say hello to everybody. Hey, it's great to be on today. I'm excited for what we're going to talk about. I'm excited to be a guest on the third episode, right? That's of right. The Uncanceled third. podcast. So it's going to be great. Glad to be here and uh, love everybody here in uh, New Milford. So looking forward to what we're about to talk about. Awesome. We're happy to have you, Wes. And uh, we also have a student on the Uncanceled podcast. They come on now. We had uh, DJ, who's like our editor on last week to share a testimony. But this week, we have a student uh, named Olivia Mollison. She's going to be joining us and talking and asking us questions about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Uh, Olivia's a junior, and she is dressed like a 50s character today because at Faith Prep, they have Spirit Week right now. And they uh, are dressing up like that. So she's uh, showing some school spirit with her outfit. That's right. Olivia, go and say hello to everybody. Hi, everyone. Very good. Very good. Uh, <laughs> Olivia, how old are you? I'm 17. She is 17 years old and she is on the podcast. Come on now. She's almost a legal adult. Uh, but she's going to be uh, asking us some awesome questions today. Uh, but let's go ahead and get right into it. Uh, we're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And specifically, a lot of these questions are centered around tongues. Uh, because tongues, uh, as we preach here at Faith Church and at Impact, are the initial physical evidence. Um, or as in other words, if you heard my sermon last week, you already know this. But initial physical evidence being it is the first thing that happens when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit is the evidence that you can see that someone is baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit is that they'll speak in tongues um, and which is basically like a heavenly language but we'll probably get into that later anyway Olivia why don't you go ahead and ask us the first question okay my first question is is this gift for everyone Wes you want to go ahead and uh, take that yeah well, I think what we have to define first and understand is that tongues is not the thing that we're after. That's right. And tongues is not something that we receive, so to speak. Um, what we have to understand is that tongues is the byproduct or the after effect mm -hmm. or the evidence that we've received what the Bible calls the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But really how it should be, I guess, defined and described is the baptism in the Holy Spirit, mm. because the Bible describes the baptism in the Holy Spirit as a literal full immersion and dipping into the fullness of the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. So the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, and I believe it's verse 39, Peter was preaching on the day of Pentecost after the Holy Spirit fell, and he said, for this promise is to you, to your children, and to all who are afar off as many as the Lord our God would call. So I would say the simple answer to your question is yes, this gift is for everyone. 
but we have to define the gift. And the gift that we receive is the person and the power and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And as the result of receiving the Holy Spirit, we're then given this ability, the Bible says, to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives us the utterance or more modern that ability. So I would say absolutely yes, this gift is for everybody. But let me qualify everybody. Every born-again child of God, every Christian that's been washed in the blood of Jesus, and I'm sure we'll get into why that is and uh, and a few more questions. So right. that's my simple answer. Yeah, absolutely. Tongues uh, tongues are, are, are for everyone to speak in, but just like Evangelist Wesley said, and I love that he said this, tongues is not the thing that, that we're after. You yeah. know, some people, I want to speak in tongues, I want to speak in tongues, and that's great that you want to speak in tongues, but at the same time, it's the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The work is not tongues. The work is being baptized in the Holy Spirit in fire, and you're basically... What, something comes alive on the inside of you. A fresh power comes upon you. In Acts uh, chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus says about this filling in the Holy Spirit, but you will receive power yes. when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So it's not even about tongues. It's about receiving that power. But the sign that someone has received this power is tongues. I, uh, I actually, this just came to me, Evangelist Wesley, is that when we're saved, we produce fruit. Yeah. But it, we're not after necessarily the fruit when we go to get saved. We're after Christ and what he's done for us on the cross. And so we receive him in salvation. And the work in us is that we are crossed over now from death to uh, eternal life. Right. But fruit is the thing that will be produced as a result. Same oh, way as that baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. But the uh, evidence of that is tongues. Absolutely. And I find it interesting. I know you mentioned the initial physical evidence and all classical Pentecostal people believe that tongues is the initial physical evidence. We see that in the scripture. We see it um, expressly in Acts chapter 2. We see it expressly in Acts chapter 10, expressly in Acts chapter 19, and it's implied in Acts chapter 8. But isn't it interesting the book of James tells us that the tongue is the most unruly member of the body, that it cannot be tamed, and that it's like a rudder that moves our ship, and that with our tongue we can release blessing and cursing, and it can release fire and all those things that are negative. Wouldn't it make sense then that when God, the Holy Spirit, comes upon us in the fullness of his power, the first way we would know that is he brings supernatural control and ability to the tongue. Because the Bible says that the power of death and life is in the tongue. Right. And the Bible says when a man or a woman prays in tongues, he speaks mysteries in the spirit. We are literally praying out the divine plan and the will of God for our lives and our world when we speak in other tongues. So, Don't worry, we're going to get into uh, what Evangelist Wesley just uh talked about with the purpose of tongues in just a moment. So yeah. if you're confused by what he just said, don't worry, we're going to get there. Yeah, but, I may have jumped ahead, but it was uh, uh, No, it's okay. It was mind. good. Olivia, do you have any, uh, like, uh, do you feel as though that answers that question? Is that gift for anyone? If you, if, by the way, I gave her full discretion to say, like, you know, if the question needs more clarity or something like that, she has full discretion to be able to say so. So would you say that there, would you say that that answers that question? Is it for everyone? Yes, I think it's for everyone. That answers the question. Awesome. 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 And now, real quick, I will say this. There's a difference between the gift of tongues and the initial physical evidence of speaking in tongues. There's There are two different things. I'm not going to get into that right now, but they are two separate things. There is a gift of tongues that is a public tongue with an interpretation. 
And then there's the prayer language of speaking in tongues. That's the initial physical evidence of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. I just wanted to make a note of that real quick. But Olivia, go ahead and ask the next question. Okay. How come it seems like the only people higher up in the church receive tongues? I'll start this one out, Wes, and then you can you know, yeah. go ahead and, and yeah. finish it up for me. But just so you guys know, Evangelist Wesley is very well studied uh, in all of these areas. Uh, so... Um, you know, when, when you guys hear him speak right now, you're hearing a lot of wisdom, but, um, I believe that a lot of that has to do with expectancy and a lack of teaching even within, uh, the body of Christ where the higher ups per uh, per se, or the pastors in the church and the evangelists and the prophets, apostles, you know, teachers, all these different people, they understand through reading and studying the word of God that, they can receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the initial physical evidence of speaking in tongues. So they have this level of understanding already that they have in their mind that they get it. And then they expect it. The disciples fully expected the Holy Spirit to fall on them. That's why it was so easy for them to just receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But unfortunately, I think, and you know, I'm, I'm talking about the church as a whole. I'm not referring to faith church, the church that Impact Youth is attached to necessarily. But unfortunately, I think there's been a lack of teaching passed down from the higher-ups in the church to help the body Absolutely. of Christ receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. I you agree. Yeah, I mean, everything that you said is spot on. I would just say it's, a, it's also a cultural problem. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is a culture in the church where in the last 20, 30 years we've moved, and really we are not included, as in Pastor Joey, myself, and you know, everyone here at, at the youth ministry, because we weren't alive. So we didn't make these decisions. You know, I'm 23, you're 22. 22. So we weren't here, but now we are here. And there was a move about 20 years ago that started to put the Holy Spirit in the back corner. Tongues was reserved for one Pentecost Sunday service only. Mm. Tongues was discouraged in the church body because it might freak out an unbeliever, which doesn't make sense because the first outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2 caused 3,000 people to be saved right. after the Holy Spirit fell and people saw that. So why would, why would we be ashamed or try to cover up the move of the Holy Spirit? So I would say the reason why it appears, and I'm say it like that, it appears like only only the higher ups in the church speak in tongues, is because wrongly and incorrectly the body of Christ has been discouraged concerning the operation mm. of the things of the Spirit, and that's not biblical. It's not of God. The Bible says, "Do not quench the Spirit." We're not supposed to bridle or put a bag or say that's not for now. You know, obviously there's decency and there's order, but Tongues should not be forbid in church. People should be allowed to pray in the Holy Ghost yes. in a way that's personal and edifying to themselves. So that would be my, my thought, is that culturally, um, people that were leaders in the church made a bad decision to shut down the Holy Spirit. Hmm. How can you shut down God? Well, they've tried. Olivia, do you have any follow-ups to that? No. Sure. Mm -hmm. Very well. Uh, Olivia, why don't you ask us our next question? Do you need to be water baptized before being baptized in the Spirit? I'll give you the short answer, no. That would just really be the, the, the short answer. Uh, Wes, why don't you go ahead and elaborate on that? Yeah, I mean, we see in, I believe, one instance in Acts chapter 10, for example, hmm. uh, Cornelius is an Italian, the first ever Gentile God loves converts. Italians. Yes, he does. Amen. I swear... Uh, some Italian recipes are from the throne room of God. 
Uh, Me my, and Wes are actually both Italian. I am. I yeah. Olivia, Olivia is Italian as well. Look at that. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah, my grandmother is <laughs> straight from Italy. Makes the best meatballs on earth. Praise the Lord. No debate. Anyways, um, in Acts chapter 10, Cornelius and his family were the first ever Gentile converts to the faith, to Christ. And they weren't water baptized, but they received the Holy Ghost. Now, let me tell you something that I must say that although you don't need to be water baptized before you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, you must be born again. That's right. The Holy Spirit, I've heard it said like this, the greatest gift God ever gave to the world was Jesus, which is John 3.16. But the greatest gift God ever gave to his church was the Holy Ghost, Luke 3.16. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. You cannot receive the Holy Spirit until you're born again. Why? The Bible says that the Holy Ghost cannot inhabit that which is unclean. That's right. And we are the temple of God. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Know you not, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost, Paul wrote to the church. And so Jesus said in John chapter 7, if you want to pull it up, Joey, John 7, verse 38, uh, concerning the coming of the Spirit and why the Holy Spirit could not come until Jesus was glorified. Said John seven thirty seven seven thirty eight. Well, maybe I think it's thirty seven and thirty eight. You can read both. John seven thirty seven. It says, "On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds: Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the Scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart." Is that what you're looking for? Yeah, but notice what Jesus says: Anyone who believes in me. Next verse after that, it says, this he spake concerning. When he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be giving to, uh, given to everyone believing in him. But the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. Isn't that interesting? Jesus here prophesies at the great feast in John chapter 7 that there will come a day, and I, I know it says you know, rivers will come out of his heart, but the actual word in Greek is belly or the hollow place. Why is that important? Because that's where Jesus identifies the human spirit is, here, the center of our being. Mm. And if you've been in church for any period of time, we've all, you know, experienced. What is this feeling? I feel like there's God's doing something on the inside of me. Here, that's your spirit. That's where your spirit man, your spirit woman resides. But Jesus says, the Holy Ghost will come upon all those who believe in me. After yet I'm glorified. Well, after Jesus was glorified, what happened? Several days later? The Holy Ghost fell on the day of Pentecost, and all those who believed in him were saved. Christians received the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues. We see it in Acts chapter 2. They were saved, and then they were filled with the Spirit. We see in Acts chapter 8, there were new converts to the, to, to the gospel of Jesus Christ. They were clearly saved, and I believe they were water baptized. And then the apostles came, laid their hands on them, and then they were filled with the Spirit. Acts chapter 10, uh, Peter was preaching the gospel, and this is an interesting one because while Peter was yet speaking, the Holy Spirit fell. But that must have told us, it tells us this, that they must have come to a point of belief in Christ and said, we believe. We believe everything you're saying about the Lord Jesus. And the Holy Ghost said, all right, that's it, I'm coming. He didn't even wait for Peter to be done. Mm. And then in Acts chapter 19, Paul explicitly, let's just read that very quickly. What is it? Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through six, I believe. Are you going to find it? I should be able to find it. I have it, 19 yeah. right here. What verse yeah, read it. Verses one through six. Just read them quickly. One through six, yeah, no problem. Yeah. It says, while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions. Until- and, and, and I just want to make a note. Yeah, yeah. Apollos 
had led these Ephesian people to Christ and then just left. Apollos, most theologians believe, had an understanding concerning Jesus Christ as Savior, but he did not yet know about the coming of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 18 that Priscilla and Aquila, who were co-laborers with Paul, better explained to him the way of Christ. And then he went on to preach the gospel. Many theologians believe, and I believe, Priscilla and Aquila told um, Apollos about the Holy Ghost. So this is Paul's coming to these new believers that know about Jesus. They're saved. They're right with God. But Paul says there's something else you need to experience. Go ahead. Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, he asked them. No, they replied, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience, he asked. And they replied, the baptism of John. Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. That's it right there. They believed in Christ. They had been baptized for repentance. That's something John did before the ascension of Christ. So Paul said, all right, let's baptize you then in the authority of Jesus, in the authority of the newness of him. And then he said, now you shall receive the Holy Spirit. So long answer to say, do you need to be water baptized? Not necessarily, but you need to be saved. And I'll also make this point. Everyone that's saved needs to be water baptized. It's an ordinance of the Lord Jesus. Yep. Absolutely. So that's my answer. Olivia, go ahead. Next question. Um, how do you know you receive tongues? What will I experience? Wesley, I'll let you take this one. Um, well, I would say, you know you receive tongues because, number one, it's by faith. The same way you got saved is the same way that you received the infilling of the Holy Spirit, by faith. So when you got saved, whether you felt anything or not, you were saved. Why? Because it was the authority of the Word of God. And so when you're prayed for or when you're seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you say, Holy Ghost, I believe you've come upon me. I receive it now. Number one, we walk by faith and not by sight. What that means is we walk by what God's Word says about something, not by how our five senses interpret it. So that would be my first point there. But when it refers to experience, are you speaking more about what will happen when you begin to speak in tongues or what will it be like? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll tell you a funny story. I was in Washington, D.C. at a conference for... Uh, young young believers, and there was a Baptist, Southern Baptist girl there, as Baptist as Baptist can be, and we love the Baptist, you know, very nice person, but she asked me, do you Pentecostals really believe that God takes your tongue out and puts a new one in and then makes you speak in, 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 in a gibberish? And I sat there and just like stared at her like, what? She goes, yeah, like, I don't get why you guys believe that. There are some people that think, that we literally mean God will rip out our physical tongue, put in a new tongue, and then make it speak. That's not it at all. The Bible says, Acts chapter 2, I believe it is verse, I want to say it right. Bear with me. Acts chapter 2, verse number 4. I was right. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the ability. 
So what we have to know is that it's the Holy Spirit that enables us to speak in other tongues. Our tongue remains our physical tongue. That's just foolish, but it's funny and shows people need to be taught. Number two, the Holy Ghost does not possess your, your mouth or, or, or your body. He, he's not a demon. He's God. He's a, he's a gentleman. He will give you the ability out of your spirit. The Bible says the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. What does that mean? We have control concerning the things of the spirit. Where we, on demand, and I know this may be leading into another question you're about to ask, right? Why don't you just ask that one too? We'll just wrap them together. Okay, my question was, how do you speak tongues on demand? On demand. So, great. So we'll just wrap them together. So, the, holy, the, uh, the ability to speak in other tongues comes by the Spirit. So when you're filled with the Spirit, we know it's by faith, number one, not always by what we feel. Sometimes things will happen. People will begin to feel the rush of God. They'll fall out on the floor. They'll begin to weep or they'll, they'll feel a stammering. Or I've heard a lot of people testify of feeling like a rush, like a river coming up out of your stomach up into your mouth. But it's dependent upon you. Unless you open your mouth, nothing will happen. So how do you speak in tongues, I guess, is the question, right? I've, had, I've had, had that asked everywhere. Number one, we have to understand, how do we speak English? How? Are you actually asking? Yeah, I'm asking. How, how do we speak in our, in our known language? What happens? You start babbling. You, you, you babble as a baby, and then you learn the language. You just speak out of your mind. You begin to speak. Because your mind has what? The ability. Right. We have ability to speak natural language through our mind. Is there a process of getting words or does it just happen? I, I'm just speaking. Why? I'm speaking because I have the ability through my mind to speak. Well, the Bible says tongues does not flow through the mind. It's different. It comes through the spirit man. And so this thing's not engaged, really. It's off. It's, it's not, it, tongues does not come through the brain. And the Bible says that, that when you speak in tongues, our understanding or our mind is not engaged. It's the spirit. We speak by our spirit to, the, to, to God. And so the same way you were just speaking right now, you just speak out of your spirit. It's an ability the Holy Spirit gives you. It's not a work you do. You don't have to try to speak in tongues. You don't have to try to stir it up. You just begin to speak by faith, and it will happen. It's, it's, I know sometimes you know, that can be an annoying answer. Well, it'll happen, but it's the biblical answer. He gives us the ability. Nobody taught the apostles in Acts chapter 2 how to speak in tongues because nobody in human history had ever done it before. The Holy Ghost came, and they just began to do it. So that's how it'll work. And yes, you can speak in tongues on demand once you're filled, and it'll never leave you. Why? Because the Holy Ghost has baptized you, and now you forever have that ability and that utterance. And you can pray at any moment because it's subject to you. So, I know a question that Olivia probably has right now because uh, I um, can uh, see her questions on here because she, we have them all written down. But do you have a? I'll let you. I'll, I'll ask you. Do you have a follow-up question to that? Um, maybe just like. I know you said it'll just like come to you if you have faith, but like almost like how? Because the first time it happened to like me and my friends, we got prayed over. So like now we don't know how to approach it in our own time. Okay, so you're saying, Olivia, that you've spoken in tongues in a service before, but now you're wondering how do I access that in my own personal life? That's a great question. And um, I've heard people testify of that before. But the good news is this, number one, you're filled. Because you spoke in tongues. That's the, right. that's the evidence. And so there's two types of, well, I'll say it like this. 
The Bible says that any man that prays in tongues, and I know we're crossing all kinds of questions, but it's, it's all related stuff. Prays in tongues speaks by the Spirit, right? And edifies and builds up himself. And so you need to know, number one, that I have the ability, it's there. And so have you ever heard of someone, you know, I'm, I'm sure having stage fright or they, they get on a stage and all of a sudden they lose their words, they don't know what to say in English, be it, you know, they're giving their first, uh, you know, sermon in a preaching class or they're speaking in public speaking or they're in a theater production and they get up on stage and go, uh, 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 and they don't know what to do. Well, what happened? Did they forget the English language? No. In a momentary time of stress and panic, they've lost the ability to just speak, but they didn't truly lose the ability because it's there. And so is it with tongues. Because in a moment where the Holy Ghost was moving, all your, you know, kind of like guards and things were kind of lowered and you just let the Holy Ghost move. The same thing has to be done in private prayer. Lift your hands and ask God, Holy Ghost, fill this room. Take down all my doubts and worries and fears and just start to pray. Let it out. Who cares what it sounds like? I remember the first time I spoke in tongues. I was baptized in the Holy Ghost when I was in the eighth grade. It was in June, I believe. I was watching evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth on a live stream. He was in Canada at a church, and he laid his hands on the live stream camera and said, anyone that wants to be filled, receive it. Well, I was at home in Massachusetts, and I was like, well, this is great. I believe, and then I didn't feel anything. I remember I went to go take a shower after that and just started to pray. And I began to feel like I had this ability to speak in a language I, I didn't have before. And so in the shower, I began to pray in other tongues. And these sounds came out of my mouth I could not make before. I could not. And I remember slapping my mouth in the shower and be like, what did I just say? And I realized I was filled with the Spirit. And, and I remember praying in tongues for days after that because I was so worried I'd lose it. But you realize from the Bible, you'll never lose it. You have the ability. So just push past the block. And I, I just tell you, you can do it. I, I know that, you know, may sound like, well, that's not really an answer, but just get along with God in your room. And, and for those of you that are listening to this episode, get along with God. Shut the door and pray in the Spirit. Cover your ears if you want. Allow God to begin to speak by the Spirit through you. I, I would even add to that, like, you know, uh, just like Evangelist Wesley was talking about, you know, obviously praying in the Spirit, but don't let the enemy lie to you either and tell you, oh, you weren't really baptized in the Holy Spirit. That was just, you know, a moment or whatever where you were just speaking because, you know, you felt like you had to or you right. were just speaking because right. the pastor was making you or anything. Don't let anybody tell you any of those things because it's simply not true. If you spoke in tongues and you prayed in the Spirit, um, you're baptized in the Spirit for a long time, about maybe a year, uh, I, I would have that battle. I remember I would, you know, I, I received it. My dad prayed over me and I, I began to speak in other tongues. And I really, at first, I only spoke, I think, like about, I said like three words I remember distinctly that I felt like very strongly in, in my spirit. Yeah. And I was like, did I really do that? Was that my dad just making me do that? Was I just saying whatever my dad was saying? You know, what, what was I doing? But then over time, it was like very clear to me, no, this, that's not what that is. The enemy's trying to lie to me and make me believe that I'm not really filled with the Spirit. Yeah. And so I would tell you, Olivia, and, and anyone that's watching, any of my students, don't let the enemy lie to you. When you have that experience, you really had it, and it actually happened. It wasn't just some right. weird, uh, hyper-spiritual thing. That's right. And I love what you said there, Pastor Joey, about 
It started off with just a few words. Yes. And that's how language develops naturally. Think about it. A baby doesn't start off, you know, giving a dissertation. They start off saying, like, you know, crying, first of all. And then they start off, you know, saying dada, mama, like words that are just starting out. And the Bible actually says that with a stammering lip, God will speak to his people. And so it starts off with just those few abilities. And as you speak in tongues, it'll grow. And your ability to speak in other tongues. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, this is important for this. I just feel to say this. I don't know the verses exactly. Maybe off the top of my head, I've read them before. Where the Bible says he helps us in our weakness. I think it's uh, 26 through 27. Yeah, that's, that's what I thought. Yeah, I got it right here. I'll read it. And the Bible says, Romans 8, 26, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. There's multiple views about what this is in, in theology, but I would say tongues is applicable here. Yep. And the Bible refers to it, groanings. It doesn't always have to be a full-formed thing. I remember times crying out to the Holy Ghost, and it just sounds like you're just crying out to God, but it's you're praying by the Spirit, and you can feel the presence of God. And I'm sitting there in my mind going, what is going on? But in my spirit, I'm engaged. And so a lot of times, you'll notice this. You can be ha- praying in tongues and being in a different world up here. I, it happens to me, thinking about what I'm doing, where I'm going. And I realize, well, this is proof number one. The mind has nothing to do with this. It's bored. It's like, what is going on? I'm not engaged with this. There's actually a scientific study. I wrote a paper when I was a junior in Bible college. A neuropsychologist uh, or no, neuro-something neurologist did a study of people speaking in tongues and found that the activity center of the brain that involves language is not active when a person prays in other tongues. It's off. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Wow. It's scientific proof that tongues is not made up because if it was just gibberish and it was made up, it would go through that brain activity center. It, it would for sure. Anyone that's speaking in like a pig Latin or gibberish or made up language that's coming through the language center, that's off when we're praying in other tongues. That's proof, scientific proof for all of those, you know, people that that want that and need that, that tongues is not just a religious experience. It is a biblical promise, and it's a thing that comes from the Spirit of God. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Uh, Just to, uh, you know, uh, we've kind of answered a lot of the questions that kind of overlapped and stuff like that yeah, into other things. But sure. just to kind of uh, go right into it, that question, because you brought up a verse that I was actually going to bring up. Okay. Uh, can you ask question number nine, Olivia, that, that you had? By the way, I did not come up with these questions. Olivia she came did. up with the questions. Yeah. We just organized them. That's all. I promise. Go ahead. How are tongues significant to the Christian faith? So just like uh, Evangelist Wesley said, um, Romans 8. And Wes, if you can, can you read that one more time? Uh, uh, yeah. In 26 through 27. Yeah. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not always know what we should pray for as we ought to. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So in other words, when you're praying in the Spirit, you are praying the will of God. Yes. For, for your life. And, you know, not like in like uh, in a way where like, you know, 
oh, like, you know, we don't know what the will of God is or whatever. Like, there are certain areas we do know the will of God, but other areas we don't know the will of God. And things such as, you know, we know the will of God concerning healing, concerning salvation. It's yeah. His will to do both of those things. But when it comes to, you know, praying for our lives and stuff, the Bible doesn't specifically say, Olivia, you know, this is the job that you're going to have or whatever or something like, like that. You know, it says it in, in Jude chapter 1, you know, it says Olivia's job is going to be this. No, but when you pray in tongues, you pray on behalf of the perfect will of God uh, to happen in your life. So when I pray in the spirit, I know that I'm praying uh, God's will over my life. In Jude, uh, there's only one chapter of Jude. In Jude uh, chapter 1, verse 20, it says, Dear, uh, but you, dear friends, must build up, uh, build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes. When you pray in the power of the Holy Spirit, you are building up your holy faith. I'll literally, um, Olivia and Wesley, I'll literally go into my office or my room and I'll pray in the Spirit and I'll get so fired up in my faith that I'll be jumping up and down, not in some emotional way, but because my spirit is being stirred so strongly. So, um, you know, sometimes, I bet you Evangelist Wesley can, can testify to this as well. When we're praying for people at the altar, sometimes I'll step back and just begin to pray in the Spirit for a second so that my faith can begin to be stirred. So what, what's the purpose? You know, why is it even significant to my Christian faith? Why, why do I want to have this personal prayer language? So that you can build up your faith and so that you can begin to pray a, a prayer language that only you and God understands, or not only God understands, you don't even understand it, that prays for the perfect will of God. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, go, Wes, do you want to add anything to that? Yeah. I mean, you know, like, like Pastor Joey was saying, builds us up on our most holy faith. That praying in tongues literally takes the faith that you have and does a workout to it to bring it to its full and highest potential. Right. It literally makes your faith... It's almost like an energy drink for your faith. I yeah. guess that, that that's a way that I think the, the young people will, will understand it. It takes your faith and puts miracle grow on it. Yes, yes. And in a moment, we'll bring it to its apex. But I also want to read what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. So we know Pastor Joey read Jude uh, verse 20. Builds up our most holy faith. But number two, it actually builds us up. Edifies us. Paul says, 1, uh, 1 Corinthians 14 verse 4. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, builds up himself. That word edify literally means to build up. Think of like an edifice on a building. It's a building up. It actually charges you, actually like a battery. It's that same, all the same thing. Imagine like charging up a battery. So when we pray in tongues, listen, if you've had a bad day, you feel weak, you feel defeated, what you don't do is you don't go put on the newest Maverick City song. Oh, did I just say that? Yes, I did. You don't put on, you know, the, the newest worship song that's just sad, so you can just be sad with the song. You know, I figured let's have some fun today, right? Yeah, why not? Be transparent. You pray in tongues. It builds you up, and you'll find that though you woke up not happy, things were going bad, something bad happened. Instead of crying and saying and posting on Instagram, you know, a picture of the Bible with a cry emoji, you know, God's my help in troubled times. What we do is we pray in other tongues, right. and it builds us up and makes us strong in the power of the Lord and the power of His might. Hallelujah. Builds us up on His uh, most holy faith. And the last point, why is it significant to the Christian faith? Well, the Apostle Paul said he prayed in tongues more than everybody. Right. Well, look at what he did in his life. So if he did that, 
and he prayed in tongues more than us all. How much more should we be praying in tongues all the time? Yeah. Jesus said men are always to pray, never to faint. We're always to pray. So let's add to that, praying in the Spirit. I just want to make this one quick point as well. I said it, but I want to read it from the Scripture. 14 and verse 2 of 1 Corinthians. He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. No one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. We're speaking, and Pastor Joey said it, directly to God. Tongues is powerful because it's the only language that the devil does not understand, so he can't interrupt it. That's right. And it's the only language we can't understand, so we can't fill it with our doubt. Tongues is the perfect prayer to God. It is 100% the will of God. And God will speak to you while you're speaking in tongues. God will speak to your spirit. And that's how I hear from God a lot. While I'm praying in tongues, I'll begin to get a word from the Lord, and I'll begin to speak it out over my own life. And that's biblical. It's biblical a thousand percent. And I'll show you really quick. I don't want to take too much time, but verse 14, the proof of what I just said. If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the, con- again, there's the proof. Your mind's not engaged. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit and I will also pray with the understanding. I'll sing in the spirit and also sing in the understanding. That has two applications. Number one, we'll pray in English. We'll pray in tongues, but also Paul's saying, I'll pray in the spirit, but God will give me the understanding sometimes of what it is I've prayed. And there's many men of God that have taught this. Oral Roberts, one of them, a great Pentecostal pioneer. T.L. Osborne's taught this, so it's not a weird belief. And it's happened in my life, I can tell you. It's probably have, I, I don't know if you can testify to that. Times where I, I've begun to speak by the Spirit after praying in tongues over my own life. So yes. that's why tongues are so significant. It's more than just a prayer language. Kenneth Hagin wrote a book called Tong- Tongues Beyond the Upper Room. Yep. There's more to this thing than just well, that's the initial evidence. That's it. No, tongues is the gateway to the things of the Spirit. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, some, you know, uh, Evangelist Wesley said that when you pray in tongues that God will speak to you. Sometimes people ask me, you know, where do you come up with your sermon ideas? How come you're doing a, you know, where did you come up with this idea to do a podcast? Where did you come up with this idea? Praying in tongues, like like literally just praying in tongues. I have a whiteboard in my office. I'll begin to write things down that God wants me to do on that whiteboard. But I don't, uh, you know, we, we try and uh, keep the podcast to about 40 minutes or, or something like that. And uh, I, uh, you know, don't want to go too much longer. The last thing that I do want to uh, just quickly, quickly answer is uh, question number six. If you can read that, the one that's question number six on the list, uh, Olivia. What if nothing happens to me the first time I get prayed over? Does this happen to people? I would say, yes, it does happen to people. I've seen it happen before, even at my own uh, Bible college. I've seen it happen. And, uh, you know, getting into reasons why and stuff like that, I'm not going to do that right now. But it does happen. Uh, but I don't believe it's God's will for it to happen. That's There's a very distinct difference that the same way that when somebody comes forward for healing, it is God's will to heal them. I believe it's God's will to um fill them with the spirit the first time that they that they seek after it yeah nonetheless though sometimes uh you know it could even be that we're not open to receive it but uh and you know or that our our, we don't have a proper understanding of it to be quite honest with you we think that god's gonna you know give us a new tongue like wesley said and make us you know start speaking uh but yes it does happen but what do i do if it did happen well you just listened to this podcast and you heard a lot of information about uh, what can happen, what tongues is, with that new understanding, come in faith to God and keep believing him for it because he will do it, is what I would say to that. Absolutely. The things of God are always sent. They're not always received. 
It's not God's fault. It's always on our end. Not that there's a problem, but we have to figure out why are we not receiving. Jesus said, ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. He said, you will receive. So something does happen. You might just not be open to receiving it. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And Olivia, Olivia sacrificed, and DJ, our, our, um, our editor, they sacrificed their entire lunch period to be here with us today. Uh, we, we record this around 1230 on a Thursday, and uh, we're ending around one right now. But uh, I'll tell you what, God will honor you for that. And yes, don't worry, will. we will feed them. Don't worry. If they do, <laughs> if they did not bring a lunch, I will make sure that they get food. But um. But nonetheless, uh, thank you for, so much for joining me, Evangelist Wesley of and course, Olivia. Yeah. You guys are awesome. And we love all of you that are watching. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Uncanceled Podcast and on our Impact YouTube channel. We love you guys, and we hope that you tune in again next week at Friday at noon for our next episode. God bless. Love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Uncanceled Podcast. We hope you were blessed and encouraged by the teaching today. If you are between the grades of 5th through 12th grade, make sure to check us out in person at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut every Wednesday night from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Be sure to tune in next week for another weekly podcast from Uncanceled. God bless.